0: Welcome to Compass Teachers Show. I'm your host, Stephen. My job is to interview teachers around the world and tease out their teaching tactics, education research, or tools they use. Hopefully, this show can offer some ideas for you to experiment in your classroom.
1: <coughs>
0: Dear my listeners, how is your feeling now? Do you feel exhausted or feel like your life is okay? In this bizarre year, I have heard so many educators feel overwhelmed or anxious for the enormous change. Today, we are really lucky to have Amber Harper to guide us how to tune in ourselves in these crazy days. Amber Harper is an educator, author, Google certified trainer, and teacher burnout coach. She's the founder of burningteacher.com and author of Hacking Teacher Burnout, which empowers burnout teachers to believe that they deserve and can achieve a happier and more fulfilled life with her eight-step burn-in process. Amber also hosts a weekly podcast dedicated to action, inspiration, and support for teachers dealing with burnout. This show is called The Burn-In Teacher Podcast without further ado, let's enjoy our conversation with Amber. Hello, Amber. Thank you for joining me today.
1: Hello, Taifen. It's so nice to meet you. Thank you for inviting me onto your podcast.
0: Amber, I know that you used to be an elementary teacher, but now you are coaching teachers for self-care. I think this career change is not subtle. So I'm curious, what is the story behind that drove you to create the burning movement?
1: Oh, that's such a great question. And I love answering it because it allows me to share my own vulnerable story um, and challenges with burnout in my own life. So I started teaching in 2007. And this was right on the verge of or right whenever the No Child Left Behind movement was really starting to take effect in our classrooms and aside from that and these you know external pressures that were that were coming from our government i was also feeling very challenged by my first year of teaching with my team and from then on for the rest of my 12 year career I rode a roller coaster of highs and lows. Burnout and then I would be good and and feel great and then I would burn out again. And I burned out over and over and over again for 12 years. And it was in that final it was in that final round of burnout that I had an experience in my life that really changed my trajectory and that had to do with what I was going to truly do about this cycle of burnout that I was in. And I, you know, I taught in two different districts, you know, three different, uh, three different classes or three different schools, many different grade levels, and all of them offered, you know, a lot of different challenges that that caused me to grow professionally and personally. Uh, but they also really helped me to grow professionally in knowing what it is that I could truly change about myself and the way that I viewed my my future both as an educator and as a human in general and and that's really where burned in teacher was created because I didn't feel you know back in 2016 whenever I created burned in teacher I really created it out of my own burnout because I thought I can't be the only person in the entire world that continues to struggle and have these internal challenges like that I'm having because I I loved teaching. I loved my coworkers. I, you know, I loved my content and my kids, but there was just something in me that just was not settling um, and was not helping me to feel like I was successful. So I started Burned In Teacher, you know, back in 2016, really telling my story of burn in and how I was going to take myself and I was going to create this system that I needed That I couldn't find anywhere else because if I would try to talk about it with people, it would turn into that conversation of, yes, I know I've been there too. This is the way it is. You know, go for a walk, go for a run, go have a bubble bath. And that didn't work for me. I did all of those things and I was still finding myself in states of misery. So I wanted to create something that I truly needed as somebody who was activated and I would do anything that you told me to do if I could see that it would offer me results in any part of my life. And I could not find outside of articles of, you know, signs of burnout and, you know, these typical ways of self-care that, that really helped me to grow and to make a change. So that is sort of the the long and the short of, of why I now you know empower teachers through burn-in teacher
0: great so Amber you mentioned that in the past you experienced multiple burnout so how did you know you were burnt out at that time because I um I've noticed that some people may not notice that they are burnt out so how was the feeling that you know that it, it's gonna be stopped
1: um so I it was all of the the commonly known um burnout symptoms, right? So I was exhausted, I was highly emotional, I was withdrawn from work. I I would literally cry in my car on the way to or from work. And now this is of course, you know, I'm on my way to work with children. And I just felt so I just felt miserable. And there were some times where I couldn't even put a finger on exactly why I felt that way. But it turns out too that, you know, burnout really does stem through a problem with your alignment, with what it is that you truly want, what your core values are, your purpose, your, you know, your passion is detached from what it is that you're truly doing every day. And that's why I've kind of I've I've flipped around this, you know, gosh, burnout is this horrible thing to go through. I've sort of flipped that on its head and said, I'm grateful for my burnout because I have chosen to reframe what I have been through to say, how am I going to use this to grow? And so, you know, looking back at, you know, when I was crying in my car um, to or from work, I was having those conversations and that narrative and telling myself these stories such as this is your life. You are you are miserable. You are worthless. You're a horrible person. How dare you go and do this important job and feel this way? Um, this is what your life is like. You will always do the thing that you're doing the way that you're doing it. You will always have the same relationships. You will always have the same conversations. This is it for you. And what I have learned from conversations with teachers is that, you know, everybody has a different goal. Everybody has a different desire. And you know, some teachers when they're struggling with burnout, they're feeling miserable because they they want to teach. They want to stay in the classroom. They want to enjoy teaching that grade level again. But something is just so off, whether it be their relationship with their administrator or their colleagues or their students or they're working 12-hour days 7 days a week. You know, there are all of these different triggers and reasons that teachers are burned out but they're not acknowledging and showing those emotions and those symptoms the respect that they deserve and actually doing things differently. Where, you know, for me, I had decided that I'm going to fight a battle against this burnout, which was essentially a battle against myself and what it was that I truly wanted, which was to to serve these teachers and to to work in a different capacity that that would have a bigger impact on students, because happy teachers lead happy classrooms, right? So, mm-hmm. so, um, so you know, I my burnout symptoms were were much like what you would hear from many other people. They were no different, or uh, you know, no more severe or no less severe than what than what you hear on a daily basis or read.
0: Great. I really like the fact that you use these experiences, your momentum to create and thus help out more educators. And I personally heard so many American teachers being burned out. And you're doing this great work to be part of the solution, empowering teachers to become a burning teacher. So that's um, dig into more around the burn-in teacher. How do you define burn-in teacher and what characteristics do burn-in teachers have compared to burn-out teachers?
1: That's a really great question and it's actually a question I get a lot um, because it's something, it's such a new term. Um, so everybody knows what a burned-out teacher is, right? So, you know, you're Well, and I define it as what I call a stage zero of burnout. So you're isolated, ashamed, stressed, overwhelmed. You're crying. You're showing strong emotions. You keep to yourself. Um, You're really doing nothing different. And you really are just thinking about how impossible this job is and how much you want to quit. Okay. And then what I have done from there is identified five additional stages. So there's stages one through five. Five, being burned in. So this is really, a, these stages show growth and changes in habits and thoughts and feelings and actions, leading you to becoming a burned in teacher. And a burned in teacher is the complete opposite of burned out. These teachers who are burned in, who classify themselves as burned in, are empowered, supported, they're organized, they're more balanced. They, um, they assure themselves daily that they are working on it. And they're sleeping better. They're showing gratitude. They're even sharing their story to empower others to go on a similar journey. You know, that's the thing that I tell teachers too, is that, you know, burn-in teacher is not about keeping you in the classroom if you don't want to be there. Lord knows we don't want unhappy, miserable teachers who do not want to be with kids to be in the classroom. But it's also... I'm I'm also not there to get you out of education, right? I'm not there to keep you in or get you out. What I am there to help you do is to help you to decide and be honest with yourself about what you want and then help you to take the action steps to get there. So burned-in teachers are truly thinking about their passions and their strengths and their story, and they're sharing it with others and helping to empower others to take these actions as well.
0: Mm -hmm. And also, I found really interesting is that, Amber, you also categorize three types of burnout. Mm-hmm. So what are they and how did you come up with these three types?
1: That's a great question. So I've done a lot of research on this topic of burnout. And just through my reading and through my own experiences, I've identified those three different types. So one type is what I identify as burned and over it. So if you're burned and over it, it means you are, you've been surrounded by, uh, by colleagues or students or parents and your principal, just a culture of negativity and apathy. And that has sort of just washed over you and then you know, absorbed as your own attitude. You are negative, you're apathetic. It doesn't matter if I even come to work or how hard I work, I'm gonna be super disappointed. It doesn't even matter if I'm here, okay? Burned and unbalanced is you work all the time. There's always so much to do, not enough time to do it, you used to maybe be okay with having lots of responsibility, but maybe now you have kids and um, a spouse or a partner at home, or maybe you don't have a you know a family, but you never see your friends. You're exhausted from working all the time, and the third type is burned and bored. So you might seem to have it all together and you have great systems and you don't work all the time, but you're bored out of your mind. You're bored with your content. You're bored with the monotony of the day. And you maybe actually want a challenge, but you don't know exactly what you want to do. So those are the three types. And then if, if teachers do take my teacher burnout quiz, they could also actually come out on the other end as You know, not quite burned out, but something is off. And this is actually where, you know, teachers might just be beginning to explore this idea of, oh, am I burned out? You know, is this what it feels like? And they're doing research and they come to my quiz. And this is actually a great place to catch people because they are not completely burned out. They are just experiencing some sort of challenge in their life that's just making them feel not how they used to feel about teaching.
0: Yeah, wonderful. And in your book, How Can Teacher Burn Out? I found there are um, a lot of emphasis on self-awareness, which I think is a super important, not only for teachers, but also for any human kind, especially in this highly distracting world. So from your books, you say, What happens when you lose touch with your self-awareness and stop thinking about your everyday beliefs, habits, and routines? You simply go through the motions. I think you have dissected many ways to understand ourselves more in the book. And first thing I want to touch on is teacher brain. You encourage teachers to understand their teacher brain. What is a teacher brain and why do you think it is important?
1: Oh, it's such, I love talking about teacher brands so much because it's it's easy to explain by simply thinking about what are the brands that you associate. You know, we as humans, we we attach ourselves to brands. We have certain restaurants that we like to go to for certain reasons. We have certain restaurants we would never step a foot in for different reasons. We have certain um, brands that we like to wear. We even have, you know, brands of music that we enjoy and music that we don't enjoy so a teacher brand is, is sort of that same way. So I want you to think back, Taifen, to to teachers that you have had in in the past that you really enjoyed and even loved, versus teachers that you hated going to their class every day. I mean, can you can you kind of relate to that? Yeah. <laughs> right. And then now I have my own my own children. You know, I have two daughters, and this always intrigues me. And they always know that I'm like. They always tell me. Mom, quit going burned in teacher on me because I'm always like, well, who's, what do you like about this teacher? What do they, you know, how do they talk to you? What is their class? Because I'm trying to get them to kind of tell me a little bit about their teacher brand. So, teacher brand is exactly like, you know, thinking about, okay, do you like McDonald's or Burger King better? Why? You know, which, what's a fast food restaurant that you would never go to? It's the same thing with teachers. It's the way we act, the way that we behave, the way that we deliver our content. It's really how we take care of ourselves. And this isn't a vanity thing here. You know, this isn't about who's the prettiest, who has the best clothes, who drives the coolest car. That's not what I'm talking about. Teacher brand is what people think, feel, and believe about you based on repeated interactions with you. So, you know, you probably heard the, the quote before, you know, from Maya Angelou, you know, people will forget what, th- what you say, they'll forget what you do, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. Mm-hmm. That's teacher brand. It's how do you feel when you, when, whenever you walk into their classroom, what do they say? How do they make you feel? How do they deliver their content? And what are their, what are their core values based on what you know about them? So, you know, everybody can have a bad day, right? I mean, nobody's perfect. And, you know, teacher brand is also not about um, and becoming a burn-in teacher. It's not about being, you know, YouTube or Instagram famous or being Pinterest worthy and being like the cutest teacher. Teacher brand is truly about how they take care of themselves and their classroom and their content and how they make people feel around them and really teacher brand is is whatever your people say that it is so you would all you would have to do to identify a teacher brand is ask several students hey tell me a little bit about mrs harper and they will let you know you'll hear it in their adjectives you'll see it in their body language you you you'll hear it you'll see it in their faces of what that teacher's brand is
0: That's really great. So Amber, when you're trying to figure out your own teacher brand, how is the how does the process look like and is there any moment that you you just feel like, oh, this is how people feel me? What's the kind of the uh reaction so situation um that makes you understand, oh, I know what my teacher brand is?
1: Yeah. So one thing that, um, that I do with teachers and I, and I lay it out in the book too, is to think kind of, you know, about the five W's. So who, what, where, when, and why. So think about, you know, who do you hang out with? Who do you associate with? What are their behaviors? How would teachers describe them? Okay. Where do you typically hang out and how does that help others to identify your brand? Um, so it's just kind of those five W's about, you know, what, what do these five W's say about me? And the other thing that I suggest teachers do is write down the 10 or or less or more, write down adjectives that you want people to use to describe you, okay? So if you were to write all of those down, now go out and ask people, go out and ask that hard question, hey, how would you describe me? Because in your head, you might wanna say that you're, calm, and happy, and organized, and healthy, but then maybe you go out and you ask students, or you ask teachers, or you ask your family, or your principal, and they say, tired, exhausted, sometimes a little frazzled, and disorganized, okay? Is that, is their perception of you, their, their overall branding of you, does that match what you want? And if not, What are you going to do about it? Because brands can be changed. So that's the good news about it. You know, this whole self-awareness piece is kind of hard to go through, but it's really important in helping you to decide, okay, if you have a goal, who do you have to be to get to that goal? Because you can't wait until you reach that goal to become that person. You have to be that person now. And this doesn't mean, like I said, this is not a comparison game. This is not keeping up with the Joneses. This isn't being somebody that you hate being to impress people that you don't like in a place you hate working, okay? This is about truly aligning how you behave, what you think, how you feel with your core values and what it is that you truly want out of this life that you have.
0: Yeah, and other than that, uh, other than the, Um, teacher print, you also put lots of effort to um, the happy and strengths in your book. So Mm -hmm. what are the ways to identify our habits and strengths?
1: Yeah, great question. So um, the habits, it used to just be, so so you're kind of um, highlighting uh, two of the first three steps in the burned in process. So, um, well, and you asked me about, you know, the three types of burnout. So that's B, begin where you are. And then U is that self-awareness piece, that teacher branding piece, that's understand your teacher brand. So burned in is an eight-step process. And now you're talking about N, nurture. It used to be just nurture your strengths. But the deeper I got into my research and my own work on myself, because I practice what it is that I'm teaching. I use the burned in process All the time when I am struggling or when I'm faced with a challenge, I think about okay, what are my triggers? When did this start? How long has this been happening? Okay, that's begin where you are. You understand your teacher brand. How would somebody with the brand that I want to emulate, how would they handle this? How would they talk? What would they do? Okay, and then I think about okay. Are the habits that I have in my daily life, are they helping me to be the best version of myself, or am I bringing habits into my daily life that are keeping me stuck? Are they keeping me back? Are Do these habits match the person that I want to be? So for example, if I go back to, if you had the adjectives that you wanted to be, you want to be healthy, you want to be organized, you want to be well-rested, you you want to um. You want to be strong, you know, for your students and for your own family. Okay, am I drinking five diet cokes a day? Am I going to bed at 1 a.m. and getting up at, you know, right at the last second. So I barely have I don't even have time to shower. I'm getting in in my cars, you know, and going straight to work without breakfast. Um, am I scrolling through Instagram and hating myself when I could be getting my stuff together? and getting organized, or communicating better with my family so that they can help with the chores, so I'm not doing all the work myself? Or am I rethinking the way that I'm planning and grading to make things simpler? So it really is, you know, everything we do is a habit, Typhon. everything we do, down to what we say to ourselves when we first wake up in the morning. That's a habit. And those are things that we, we are the only ones who can change or bring better habits or get rid of unhealthy habits in our lives. Because if we don't first think about our habits, nurturing our strengths is going to be lost to us because our habits really do uh, determine if we are going to strengthen our strengths or if we are going to ignore them and nurturing your habits and strengths really go together well because You have to continue to learn about yourself and learn how you can, you know, Stephen Covey says, sharpen the saw, how we can get better at the things that we're good at by consistently working on them, by consistently paying attention to our strengths. Because we could tell you all the things about ourselves that we don't like or that are bad, right? Those are the things that get called out, you know, on our teacher evaluations, you know, things like that, you know, what you can improve on. We don't typically pay attention to the things that are going well. But if we're constantly putting a spotlight on the things that we're not naturally good at, we're constantly working at bringing up those, which we, you know, there's no, there's nothing wrong with wanting to improve, you know, the things that we could become better at. But I really truly believe that if we focus on what are we naturally good at, what do we naturally enjoy? How can we bring more of that into our daily life? How can I get even better at these, at these things that, um, you know, I, I encourage people to take a personality test or, you know, the Gallup Strengths Finder assessment, um, the Myers-Briggs, you know, just have some affirmation that maybe the things that you're quote unquote getting in trouble for at work, could be the things that are actually, you're really good at, and they're trying to shine through. You just need to work on your self-awareness and how you're using them. So, you know, part of what I learned in my own burned in journey is that one of my top strengths is activator. And that's actually one of my core values is I, if I see a problem or if I see something happening, um, and like I said earlier, you tell me what to do and I will do it. I will do, if I see value and that it will help me or somebody else, I will do it. I'm not going to wait. I'm going to do it now. And that, in addition to another strength, which is command, which is I, when I sit in a room, I will take charge in a second. If no, especially if nobody else is going to raise their hand, I'll raise my hand. I'll do it. You know, I I will lead this charge. Well, that didn't always sit very well with principles that I had because they looked at it. Because I am also very I have woo as well as one of my top strengths. And so I go into a room full of strangers, and I feel like I'm leaving with a handful of friends, and we're all in this together, and you know, and we're a team. And that doesn't the way that I tried to handle some of these things just was not um, not proactive (laughs) for myself. (laughs) And that was really when I started to gain my, you know, self-awareness that I had to say, you know, part of being self-aware is knowing when you need to dial some things back. And that was something that I had to truly, you know, know where it was that I fit in this puzzle, you know, of, of this team of being in school and know that, you know, you are very strong-willed and very outspoken. And, and that's, that's a good thing, But it's not a good thing all the time, especially in the way that you're putting your ideas out there. So that's part of the self-awareness game, too. But if you don't even know your strengths, you could be consistently looking at them as things that are bad. And they're not. They're wonderful. And it's up to you to nurture those habits and strengths in a way that help you to reach your goals.
0: Yeah, that's really a great example. Thank you for sharing that, Amber. And let's assume that now we identify our habits and strength we know what we want to change is there any tips to nurture them or even change the bad habit because it's like sometimes it's also stressful to change the habits and people will just give up so any tips that you would suggest that so that we can really change our habits um Eventually,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, and this is a long game too, Typhon. This is not, you know, you're not going to completely um, grow, or you know, some people say, and I still say it sometimes, beat that burnout tomorrow. It's a process, and it's going to take um, trial and error. It's going to take having some hard conversations, and and like you said earlier too. Um, oh, I just lost my train of thought. But what I would what I would suggest that you do is you you track your habits. So what do you do from the moment you wake up? You know, what time are you waking up? And then what are you doing after that? And then what are you doing after that? What is your routine like? Okay. What does it look like? What are you doing during school? It's really, oh, I know what it was. You had said something about, you know, going through the motions. Okay. This is where we really start to get into those routines and habits, and we look at it as our forever reality. And this is where, you know, you see in the movies where, you know, the the star of the movie, the main character has their wake up call, and then the emotional music starts playing. And you see this kind of fast forward into all of these changes that they're making. Well, it's because they finally woke up and they went from being a passive observer to an active participant in their life. And this is where in order to do that, you have to pay attention. And in order to do that, you have to back up from there and say, okay, what am I doing in the morning and why am I doing it that way? Is it because it is the best way to do it for me or is it because it's the way I've always done it? And then you can also look at that in the way that you're teaching, planning, grading, interacting with your kids. Why are you doing things the way that you're doing them when you're doing them? And why is it because you've always done it that way? Is that because you're, whenever you were student teaching, is that what your master teacher taught you to do? So you've just picked up on it. Is it because it's the culture of the school or because you know, it's what's best for you and your kids. You know, there's nothing wrong with you doing things that help your job, especially now. There is nothing wrong with thinking, how can I make this simple? How can I make this simple? Not how can I make it Pinterest worthy? How can I make this cute so I can post it on Instagram? How can I make this simple? Because if it's difficult and overcomplicated and making everybody miserable, there's no reason to keep doing it that way other than you're telling yourself the story that this is the way it has to be done. So it really has to do with upping your... Activity and your attention and focusing on what you're doing every minute of the day for a few days, and then really at questioning yourself, why am I doing this? Um, so, so that's the place to start. And then, of course, it's really the hardest part is having the discipline to make those changes and change your habits. And this is where you can't just set goals and make changes on New Year's Eve and your birthday. This is a lifelong process. This is you making the decision and saying, I am going to do and be different because if I don't do and be different, I can't have the life that I want to have. And this is not saying that you want to be rich or that you want to climb Mount Everest. This is saying, I want to have more time to do the things that I love. Okay, so let's work. We need to actually start with, Why? Why do you want more time to be with your family? Because it makes me feel happy to be with them. Well, first of all, you have to behave like a happy person. You have to do the things that a happy person would do because you can't just, wanting to have something is just a wish if there's no action behind it. So this is truly about not just adopting this for a short time. You know, I I talk about, you know, one of the biggest things that Uh, One of the foundational beliefs in in, in the Burned In Teacher Tribe is that everything starts with a vision first. What do you see your life being like? Okay, what is your plan to get there? What are you actually doing in your day-to-day life to help you to achieve that vision? And then the hard part, and this is where a lot of people get lost um, in this misery because this is the hard part, is How am I bringing this daily and by the minute discipline and saying, no, I don't do this anymore. I don't scroll through Instagram when I should be planning my lessons just because it's boring for me, maybe for somebody it's boring for some teachers. They love planning. Right. But it's it's saying I don't do that anymore. Or when you start to talk nasty Uh, Or start to use nasty words to describe another teacher or a student or the making biased judgments about a family saying to yourself, no, I don't do that anymore. It makes me miserable. It doesn't change a thing. It's making unfair judgments about the way that this family lives their life. It's not okay." And then moving on. Being that person that you want to be. And then. (laughs) No, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, Amber. Um yeah. So then it's backing, then from the discipline, it's just being intentional. Being intentional about everything that you do and constantly saying, why am I doing this? Okay, it's because it's going to help me to do this thing that makes me happy. It's going to help me to leave at the time that I want to leave. It's going to help me to build better relationships with my principal, who in the past, we've had a horrible relationship. And I know that a relationship works both ways. And, you know, it's just really helping you to, again, be that active participant in your life that maybe you haven't been for a while.
0: Yeah, that's, there are lots of great tips here. Mm -hmm. So thank you. First, start with the vision. Imagine what you will become and track your habits daily and ask yourself, How can I make this simple? and understand that this is a long term process. So we got to be disciplined.
1: Yeah. And, and if I can say too, the burned in process is not a one and done, it's not something that you go through and then you say, Okay, I'm done. You know, it is anytime you are faced with a challenge, whether it be the global pandemic and teaching virtually. Or you maybe have a new student in your class that moves in, you know, three or four weeks after school starts and they are a challenge to you. Or, you know, somebody rear ends you, you know, while you're sitting in a stoplight. This is any challenge that you're faced with really thinking about how am I going to handle this? what would somebody, you know, and, and like I said everybody's going to have a bad day, but it's really coming back to this process anytime that you're finding yourself starting to go through or go down that path of everything stinks, life sucks, I'm a horrible person, I'm a horrible teacher, and this is this is just awful. I can't deal with this. You know, rather than that saying, okay, where do I begin? Okay? How do I handle this with as somebody who wants to be um Calm, who is is somebody who wants to be a model for my students and for, for my family. You know, what is my true challenge here? Okay, what is my solution? Like really going through and helping you to focus forward. Because where teachers become so burned out that they quit teaching is they get stuck. They get stuck in those negative stories. They get stuck in the negative culture. They get stuck with that lizard brain that we have that keeps us saying the same negative things to ourselves and telling ourselves the same negative stories every day. And then we see that as the truth. We see that that as the reality. And the burn in process is really, like I said earlier, what I needed seven plus years ago to say, you know, this doesn't have to be the way that you look at it. This doesn't have to be the school that you teach at forever. This doesn't have to be the the grade level that you teach forever you know this doesn't even have to be your job forever like give yourself permission to say i have control over everything that i do and everything that i say and even everything that i think and believe you know beliefs are choices and marie forleo says beliefs are choices and choices can be changed and i think sometimes we get so deeply ingrained in our beliefs and we see them as the absolute 100 truth That we don't believe that there's any way to change. And and there is.
0: So out of my curiosity, Amber, I'm really, I'm wondering if you have ever had a habit that you have a really hard time to change and how you overcome that. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's a really good question. Um, One habit that I have that I still uh, am challenged with on a daily basis is my number one strength is futuristic. I'm always thinking 10, 20, 50 steps ahead. I'm always looking to the next thing. And that has become a habit that makes it hard for me to focus on the present and to be mindful of what I'm doing right now. Even talking to you right now, Tyfen, I'm thinking about, okay, I've got to get this thing done by Friday because I'm I, I'm not going to work on the weekend. I'm going to get this, you know, so I'm thinking about what I'm going to do after a conversation. But then I do have that, like I said, I practice what I preach. So I do have that voice in, in me that says, no. You are here. You're having this wonderful conversation. You're going to focus on making it as wonderful as it can possibly be. And that stuff will be waiting for you later. You know what you're going to do. You know when you're going to do it. So stop. <laughs> so just focus on what you're doing now. So it definitely is. And like I said earlier, you know, your strengths, they, they are strengths. You know, the futuristic part in me um, is the part that created Burned In Teacher, when I couldn't really explain to people what it was, it was because I knew what it could become, but it was hard for me to explain it. And that's a great thing. That makes me, um, that makes me a, a fabulous entrepreneur because I can see how this is going to impact people in the future. But it also can be a negative thing because it can really hinder me from focusing on the present and being grateful for where I am right now and what I'm doing right now, being able to just sit with my family and not be thinking about this wonderful conversation I'm going to have with Taifen tomorrow, you know? <laughs> so yeah, so that's definitely the number one challenge that I, that I consistently struggle with.
0: All right. Thank you, Amber, for sharing that. So we have covered a few tips that we can use to take care of ourselves. And if you listeners, if you want to know more, I will encourage you to re-hacking teacher burnout by Amber, which will give you more and more hacks that you can incorporate into your life. So I have just few questions I uh, got for you, Amber. The first one would be, what are the one to two books that have influenced your thinking a lot in the past few we- uh, years?
1: Oh my gosh, I always love answering this question. Um, so number one, a book that I actually listened to first, and then actually bought the book because I wanted to do so much highlighting as I was listening to it is 13 Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do. It's by Amy Morin, and it is fabulous for teachers. Um, it even goes into, you know, a lot of teachers will classify themselves as people pleasers and type A personalities. And she actually says that it is none of your business to try to please everybody. And that is something, you know, as a mentally strong person, you cannot consistently be worried about making everybody else happy. And that is the number one book that I recommend to teachers. Um, another book that I just read um, just in, these past, uh, in the past year is, and I just quoted her, is Everything is Outable" by Marie Forleo. It's a fabulous book.
0: If you have a super women power to change the education system in the US, what would it be?
1: Oh my goodness, only one thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that I, and this is not just about the education system, but I think first and foremost, to, to, if, if I could honestly be a superhero and go back. I would honestly think about, you know, when education started in America, why it started and what the purpose of education is. That's what I would change because I think the purpose of education has been, um, I'm trying to say this carefully, the purpose of education in America has really turned into a way that we can cause students to lose their voice, maybe lose their culture. And to conform and not to dream. And I think this is what a lot of teachers really are challenged with because they want to empower students to share their voice. They want students to use their story to change the world. They know, they know the power that our students have to make our world a better place. However, there are systems that have been put in place to keep students and teachers from dreaming big. And from you know, uh, not conforming to a system of yes, sir, yes, ma'am, you know, um, you have to you have to work super hard to to do anything in life. You have to climb the ladder of success. Well, that's not necessarily true. And I think that a lot of teachers know this. And I think you know what else? More importantly, I think a lot of students know this too. And that's why we're having so many challenges with behavior um because teachers have this constant battle be- between I know what's truly right for kids but I'm being told that I have to do this. And you know students have those same battles too. I know what is good for me, I know what I need, but I'm being told to do this. And it's just this constant cyclical battle. Um and I think if I could go back and really design the education system to be truly to be truly and not just to be a buzzword to truly be what it should be to be best for our students and um, really just rebuild it from the ground up. Yeah, <laughs> really what I would
0: yeah. <laughs> That's really great. So before we close out, Amber, do you have any other thoughts, programs, or workshops you want to share with our listeners?
1: Um, are you talking specifically about things that I offer or – Um, Yeah,
0: anything that you want to share or any other thoughts you you want to put out there?
1: You know, I think I mentioned it once. First, I'll talk about a thought is everything begins and ends with your beliefs. If you believe that life is miserable and you believe that teaching is horrible and you believe that there's no way that you could possibly change it, then that will be your truth. But if you change your belief to say, I am responsible for me. It is nobody else's quote unquote fault that I am where I am than than me. I made the decision. You know, it's interesting because I just interviewed somebody a while ago, um, Jen Molitor. She said, I chose education. Mm -hmm. You know, she said, you know, she actually said education chose me and I'm going to choose it back. But the fact is she chose to be in education. You chose to be a teacher. If you don't want to be a teacher, be honest with yourself. But if you want to be a teacher and you want to be a happier, more fulfilled teacher, then how does a teacher who wants to be happy, how are you going to behave? What are you going to think? What are you going to do? But starting right now, because you can make those small changes right now that will have a huge impact on your life later. It all starts with believing that you are 100% responsible for your life. Um, so with that, you know, a simple action step that you can take is validating yourself is taking the teacher burnout quiz. So burned in slash burnout quiz. You can take the quiz. It's totally free. It's only six questions. It will help you to really identify what type of burnout am I experiencing? And then I give you next steps you can take for that specific type. And I also send you my free ebook. It's called Stages. So it walks you through the six stages of burnout and what you can think, do, and and really feel in order to navigate your way and help you to grow your way out of burnout rather than fight against it.
0: Right. All right. That's a really, really wonderful uh f- wonderful like uh comment about everything that you're doing, Amber. So if people want to learn more about your work, how can they find you online? I think yeah. we have talked about the burningteacher.com, right? Yeah. And anything other they can find you online?
1: Yeah, um, yeah. So of course, burningteacher.com, And then you can find me on any social media platform at burningteacher. Teacher. And then if you want to learn more about Hacking Teacher Burnout, um, you can just go to hackingteacherburnout.com. You can learn a little bit about what the book is, what it stands for, and then it is available on Amazon and Barnes
0: and Noble as well. Thank you for listening. We will put the things mentioned in the interview to the show notes. If you enjoy our show, welcome to share and don't forget to subscribe. Thank you.